With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings and welcome to episode 34 of By the Balls. We're at the AJ Bell Stadium. Uh, there's a fun park over there just before Salford v Leeds. And I'm joined by our special guest today, former Rochelle Hornets coach, Alan Kilshaw. Alan, how are you? Good, mate. Thanks uh, for having me on. And you're, uh, you're going to be doing some commentary today for BBC Manchester, Radio Manchester? Yeah, BBC Manchester, third, third game in a row done with Salford, so yeah, I'm enjoying it and um, should be an intriguing game, fancy. Uh, Salford are in good form, so it should be interesting. Leeds have had a couple of tough games, haven't they, against Warrington and, and Wigan away, so intriguing game, like I said. And if you listen to this on Monday and Leeds win by 50, just ignore that bit, but um, <laughs> you've, you've swapped, the, you've swapped the, the, clip, the clipboard for the, for the mic, are you mad? You're joining the media. <laughs> uh, maybe just in the short term, end of, end of last season. Um, you know, I did meet a couple of clubs, but just for whatever reason, um, it, it, it didn't work out uh, logistically and, and other yep. things. And uh, probably uh, needed the break, but I didn't realise it at the time. But I actually feel refreshed and coming off the back of a, a really uh, stressful campaign. Um, and I'm ready to, to get back in when, when the right opportunity arises. But I, like I say, I've, I have enjoyed the break and spending that extra time with, with, the, with, the, with the family and, and, and doing things that you don't get to yeah. do when, you, when you're coaching every day. Yeah. Well, just uh, a quick recap for those who, who don't know much about you, but um, you're from Warrington originally. You played, you know, how did you get into the game as a kid? Was it just, you know, obviously Warrington is a, is a rugby league town, but... Yeah, I played football to the age of 12, but my dad actually coached, uh, he, was a, he was a student international, a big Saints fan. Okay. Um, the rugby league background came from that. Um, my, my granddad was heavily involved at St. Ellen's and um, my auntie actually was married to Jeff Pimlet, who was a Lancelot Trophy winner in 1976. Wow, okay. He sadly passed away last year, so had that rugby background but obviously played a lot of football uh, and then with my dad coaching Crossfields I used to go down there every Saturday and be around the team and that, that got me into rugby and I'd watch Saints with my dad my dad took me to Saints and then I'd watch Saints with my dad and Warrington with my mate so uh, I just naturally started playing it you know at the age of uh, 12 for Crossfields and, and then I was very fortunate to you know be on the scholarship at Warrington play academy rugby at Warrington um, reserve grade at St. Helens and then a couple of semi-professional teams Oldham, Blackpool got a couple of injuries a bad jaw break and a really bad uh, break of the arm and that took me to coaching quite early 23, 24 yeah, um, and then I worked through the, the I did probably every age group at Warrington up until 2013 and then um, I decided I wanted to head coach you know, a, a man's team and I'd always had a burning desire to go to Australia and I was looking at opportunities over there and a couple came up and um, yeah, took, took this plunge and uh, ended up in Serena in North Queensland which yeah. is a, a long way from home yeah. <laughs> A long way from Warrington and St Helens um, But just, just briefly on St Helens you're in the, the reserves there with, with James Graham I mean, what was, what was he like at sort of 18, 19? I think he made his debut at 19 but I mean, he, yeah. was, he was 16 Um and we was under 21s and it's yeah. reserve grade but you could have overage players we played, a, we played a game the week before our season started it was the 21s versus the 18s 
and, and we you know expected to physically dominate and there was this ginger haired kid running around <laughs> bashing everyone running through us and, and Dave Lyon was our coach he, uh, he's you know another famous player from, from um, the 80s and 90s he played for Warrington and we all got the change room and said he's got to play for us he's yeah. got to play for us and he had, he had a little bit of a wrap around him as well but real quiet quiet kid uh, then next week he played for us and he played every game that year throughout that year he's lucky to play Aidy Gardner was in that team John Wilkin um, good team and James Roby broke first I think it's only me in that team who didn't kick on and play first team um, it was a good team it was, it was a good team and it was a great place to be Ian Millward was the head coach at the yeah. time so we, we played some really expansive rugby league and we did some weird stuff in training you, you'd have every sort of equipment that you, that you, you could uh, believe at sometimes you would have some wacky ideas but they were the world champions at the time they, yeah. they beat Brisbane and you know probably on hindsight I might have been better staying at Warrington because breaking into that first team at St Helens when like you say I've got the Wilcos and, and players yeah, like that as well, in know? front of yeah. me in the yeah. reserves above that you've got school Thorpe and players like that so, so long, yeah, yeah it was a good team but yeah it's a great place to be at the time and James Graham I mean obviously from that I suppose it's not so not a surprise what he's gone on to I mean any he, any he, I mean I've only interviewed him a couple of times but he does seem a very sort of genuine decent person as well yeah he yeah, is uh, yeah I'm going to move to Australia you know I got in touch with him and rang spoke to him a few times and currently played at Mackay and he's always got time for you and he's a down to earth he's a yeah. funny guy he's a funny yeah, guy yeah, you yeah. get to know him <laughs> um, pretty good when on the drink as well uh, we had a a barbecue once at my house uh, in the 21s and that you know there was uh, that was very interesting as well <laughs> uh, not one for now but uh, good fella uh, and you know he actually played back row in the 21s left back row and he, sc- he, he scored I, think, yeah. I scored something like 30 odd tries in the season wow. I mean, and then he played for England Academy and they beat Australia and he didn't play much I was there two years he didn't play we didn't see him much in the second year because he progressed to first team and like I say Millwall re- really liked him and then when Daniel Anderson come um, he come in and you know he's got a probably a really poor grand final record I know he's lost a lot of grand finals yeah but I think you... it's something like <laughs> 6 or 7 yeah, 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 you, yeah you've got to get there but I'm pretty sure he played in the treble winning St. Helens he Alice did yeah team. yeah I think it was 2006 yeah. he got there so him and Robes like I say they're the ones who come through and St. Helens juniors and like some Mike Rush deserve credit for, yeah. for for you know bringing them through and putting time into them and obviously identifying them at a young age yeah and you had that time before you went to Mackay you had that time at Warrington you're learning under Tony Smith, and I don't know, you've said before he was a, a big influence for you. I mean, obviously, Tony's had a fantastic career, you know, at Leeds, and, and even at Huddersfield, he did a good job at Huddersfield turning that around, but winning a lot of trophies at Leeds and Challenge Cups at Warrington. Yeah, great, great fella, and you know, I was probably a little bit disappointed how it ended for him at Warrington. Um, yeah, it was. Because of the, the success he, he had. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe. maybe He's probably maybe stayed a year too late, and maybe he'll admit that. And they had a real good chance the year before, Sando and all that. And Two finals. Yeah, yeah, and like I say, they weren't far away. Um, but I don't think his legacy at Warrington um, will be too. Uh, I think history will be kind of. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. They were too negative. He come in at a time where they were struggling, won Challenge Cups, uh, got into finals, and really turned the, the culture around. Something yeah. that he's really good at. He did that at Leeds. Um, got some of those senior players at Warrington on side like Lee Brace got the best out of them back into the career Brett Hodgson was a, a massive yeah. uh, class of a, still, of, a, think, yeah, of a signing he won in that Challenge Cup against Leeds um, so and just learning off Tony was really good we had this, the offices there so I worked development and community side but we had all in the same place and my door actually backed on so I, I used to listen on the door and they were doing <laughs> review and preview picked a lot of things up and 
you could question him on a few things he'd always have time for you he did a lot of seminars a lot of stuff in the community for us and again when I went to Australia he was always at the end of the phone and then I was very fortunate when we came back took the Rochdale job that we with dual registration with Warrington and uh, you know he did look after us in those first couple of years and he had some good staff around and Richard Agar and I could go in and watch and, and pick things up so uh, yeah I do owe a lot, a lot of him a lot to him and, and the time that he'd give up to, to develop himself as a coach and yeah you, you moved to Mackay for those for those listeners who don't know I suppose you'd be North Queensland, far North Queensland, but yeah. I mean it's tropical. Um, yeah, tropical. It's very <laughs> tropical, very hot. Um, but a real rugby league heartland. I mean, I think the, the club you're at, Serena, Dale Shearer, Wendell Saylor, Daly Cherry Evans. Yeah, Kevin Campion. Yeah, Martin I mean, Bella. Marty Bella. I mean, yeah, a few uh, a few legends. I think it's quite yeah. remarkable. It's only you know a real small town. It's small and, to be what like um, sixty thousand, eighty thousand, maybe or even less than that. Yeah. yeah. Big. No, it's not, and yeah. it's on the outskirts of Mackay, so we were often sort of forgotten about. And, and and one thing I had to do there, you couldn't bring in many players because the Mackay teams were so strong, and, mm. and you know there's quite a lot of teams in Mackay. Brothers South were really big Magpies, and they had big Leeds clubs where we didn't. What, what we had was real local talent, and um, uh, first couple of seasons we you know, we just improved every year. When I first got there, it was a big culture shock for me, and. Well, yeah, talk us about that because I mean, for, for some people who don't know, particularly if you're an Englishman going out to Australia, um, you're going to cop stick. Some would call it banter, but you, you're going to have to overcome some prejudices. You know, yeah. In a, yeah. To be fair, Serena were, were great, and, and I, you know, treated as one of their own. But the sport, the local press, the other teams, yeah, you know, yeah. I got called Pommy a lot and, and some things that I can't Shall repeat. Some Pommy bastards. <laughs> yeah, as well, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. So yeah. That, it, it, that was difficult. And um, once, once you started winning games as well, that wouldn't, that wouldn't yeah, that. No, yeah. no, and, and I say, I think I am. Um, Got over there, we moved over there, and I won one out of the first seven games. I'm thinking, what, what am I doing? I left a good job at Warrington, all the resources, yeah, all yeah. the staff, and I'm filling water bottles up, washing bibs, washing kit. You know, it was it was it was a, a, a big culture shock for me, but it was it was good for me as well, um, and really developed me. And uh, I had to do a lot of coaching, like your assistant coaches. One coach is the reserves, one coach is the under 18. So in training, if you're not playing against each other, it's just you, and yeah. and it's hard, you know, when you've got 20 blokes and you can't, you know, your right edge and your left edge, you, you know, if you've not just got someone working with them, you're doing everything and, and yeah. come up with ideas at, at how to stimulate them and, and, and do things like that. So first season we made the, the, the finals got knocked out in, the, in week one but that was seen as a huge success second season second week of, of the finals again we'd improved and third year we were minor premiers and we got beaten in the grand final and you know it still guts me a little bit now we, we did go really hard in the season and um, we lost the first semi and that meant we had to back up and play in the yeah. major semi and that took a lot out of us um, but I've never seen a town like and it was so good because the under 18s made the grand final as well and you know, you, you can compare it in you know smaller scale, but like when England play over here in the World Cup, or there's Origin over there, Serena's maroon everywhere. When we made the grand final, oh, Queensland Origin time. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of. I think um, I can't think of the film, but you think of those little Texan towns. Yeah, in yeah. High school football. I used to always yeah. compare it to Friday Night Lights. That's, that's the one the, I was thinking. The, the, yeah. the series yeah. that I watched yeah. because it was a little bit like that. Yeah. It's a little bit remote. It's the biggest thing in town. On a Friday or a Saturday, Sunday, and we yeah. play. Everyone was at the yeah. footy. Everyone was in the league's no club. Local NRL team for you know no, hundreds and no. hundreds of miles. And, and yeah. to be fair, over there, and I did do work with the cutters as well. Yeah. Um, but more people went and watched the local league mm. for, for whatever reason. But cutters 
started getting smart on that and they'd play on different nights to the local league it was you know it was well watched and it was a really good competition you know i compare it to to the to the championship very physical yeah some good players knocking around there you know grant ravelli was an ex-nrl player he was playing yeah. uh, J- jamin lowe was playing jamin lowe actually played in my first game for serena he played for murrumbar miners um and his last game before that was winning a grand final for Melbourne Storm. <laughs> you know, and and, not, yeah. and and at the time I had quite a young side. We, we sort of came through. We had 10, 11 locals. And like I said, we added on that. Brought a couple of players in. I got a couple of players over from England as well in, in the last season. So uh, I really enjoyed my time there. And I, and I do miss I do miss Australia. And, and hopefully one day I will return there, um, you know, in, in a coaching capacity. Um, you know, I've got a, a son who's, who's nine when he's a little bit older. Um, you know, hopefully I can return to Australia. Um, was, was the move back for mainly family? Yeah, fam- yeah. yeah, family reasons. You know, it's hard. Got a young family. Yeah, yeah. When, you, when you're over there, and schooling it and things like that. Um, so yeah, we came back and like I said, I was very fortunate to to then start coaching Rochdale. And just lastly, on your time, Mackay, yeah, you were you're an assistant at the Cutters there, which is the Queensland Cup, the level below the NRL. I mean. You worked under under Kim Williams, who um, is now at West Wales. You know, with probably one of the hardest jobs. But yeah, you learned a lot as well from him. I mean, he's another one who's kind of flown under the radar, but had a very good career. Yeah. Worked under Craig Bellamy and say, development roles around yeah, Australia. Yeah, I'd say Kim and Tony Smith had the most influence on me. Yeah. Different reasons. Kim was really methodical, really attention to detail, discipline. You could tell he'd been at Melbourne. You could tell he'd been under Craig Bellamy. But he had his own ideas as well. And. Um, I said I went over and he was great with me a sort of part time assistant when I went with Serena come with us uh, really uh, inclusive open shared ideas and that first season at Cutters when I went 2013 um, you know so fortunate Neil Henry sort of didn't favour Michael Mohogan, Jason Tamil Hallow, players like that, and we got them back end of the season. And amazing, amazing <laughs> to have those players. You yeah, look, you look at them now, Tamil maybe the best forward of the world, <laughs> Michael Morgan, Australian international origin player, grand final winner. Yeah. Well, it was Michael Morgan, one of his best friends, uh, committed suicide yes. that year, and he had a really, young, he had a really, Island, yeah, yeah, real tough season, and he was actually on Mackay Cutter's duty that year, and. Um, you know the players all got together. We had that, that emotional tie-in, and, yep. and Michael, you know, was a little bit up and down that year. But you know, like I say, he came through in in, in the finals and to win the grand final. It's no mean feat what what Kim achieved there. That you've got East Tigers, Redcliffe Dolphins, all these teams, and they're well looked after by um, you know the Broncos and. and the Titans look after yeah. the Burley and teams like that and then the Cowboys have a couple of clubs one of them was Northern Pride who who, who stormed the comp that year Jason Dimitri was a coach yes. and he's yeah, gone yeah. on and done great things yeah. they were minor premiers um, and they bombed out the, they bombed out the finals and Cutters got beat uh, quite soundly by East in week one um, but qualified and like I said they beat East Tigers in the final which was a, which was a massive achievement and yeah it was it was really good and, and they just couldn't kick on I don't think the seasons after they didn't get the, the backing financially again a small hitter and the other clubs just started spending more money so you, you came back um, joined Rochdale in League One Rochdale at that point really struggling um, I don't think probably anyone expected a promotion push in that year but you not only you know I think you finished second in the regular season is that right? yeah we finished yeah. second and then, in the and then, season, and then yeah. somehow got them up against you know, Toulouse. Um, yeah, tell, tell us about that first. Yeah, season. it's a big year, and everyone, everyone, no one, no one, yeah. sort of thought we, we'd do anything. And Toulouse were in there full time, and they were walking the comp. Barrow were in there. John Castro spent big. Keithley had come down. We were a little bit under the radar. I think we went eight games straight. 
we played Toulouse at home and they'd been battering everyone uh, and we drew I think it was 28 all but we was unlucky to draw the game we should have won the game uh, but it was a big boost for the lads and we had a little bit of dip when we come into the Super 8 I think we won one out of the first four games but, you know you can't stay up all year uh, we finished strongly and then yeah we went to Toulouse and the rest is history and probably write a, a book on <laughs> that, that game alone and our preparation everything was spot on and some you know some players we were fortunate that year picked up players like Chris Riley cheat yeah. you know and he come up with a, he come up with a big play and I'd had a couple of lads in Australia Lewis Galbraith Ben Moores no one knew about these blokes we did after that year um, Joe Tayara another one for Gina who we got from Mayfield we, we recruited well and we were sort of a team that no one else players that nobody else wanted we had a, a, a front row called Samir uh, Tayori who, who'd yes, been at a lot yeah. of clubs as well he had a great he had a good year he was good in the final and we knew everyone on the day had to had to had to be on the metal and we we also spoke about Toulouse coming out we were 16 nil down we were a 21 20 to 1 shot and we were 16 yeah, nil down after after 20 minutes that's crazy went in 16-8 um, got the next try got the next try got the next try and then they scored a minute on the clock 24-22 there's not a team in the world I wouldn't like to have the ball <laughs> needing a try with a minute to go and they started spinning the ball around Corella's on the ball yeah. Ford's on the ball and they made a break uh, and it was 13 men just went across and they had a winger at the time Minga Minga the winger oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we Go just went me. across yeah. and tackled him and that was it the, the hooter went and we had one supporter in the ground so there was whistles and boos as you can imagine the, uh, the French uh, supporters the Toulouse supporters weren't too happy and the, um, uh, I know I know our ch- the, the chairman at the time Mark Wynn tells his story they didn't even have the Rochdale ribbons for the trophy so yeah. it's a little bit embarrassing for Ralph Rimmer who's giving the trophy a lot of our lads were, uh, were saying you know you know as it, we had a siege mentality I suppose yeah. and, and the lads oh you, oh you didn't get the result you wanted and a lot of you know, a mindset was they wanted to lose to go up. I'd been to the um, the RFL Awards on the Tuesday night before. And Championship and yeah, Awards, and yeah. and Hughes had got coach of the year. They got team of the year. They were already up, and it's a Monday night, and I couldn't wait to get home. I couldn't wait to get into the team meeting on the Tuesday and tell the lads. Uh, and I likened it to Apollo Creed and, and Rocky Balboa, <laughs> and they, they like that. And yeah, I was I don't think. I don't think probably get the credit we deserve. We did get a lot of credit. It was it's a massive shock, a really big shock. And I think when you do something like that as players and coaches, you, you, it's history, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah, there, it's, and no one can take it there. away from you. Yeah. And I suppose that the difficult thing about that, and he did put a slight on it. And, and as, as a coach, you know, the week after I was telling players that they, they weren't staying at the club anymore yeah. because I knew they wouldn't be able to play in the championship. Very hard thing to do when you've just won a competition, yeah. when you've just made history, and that is the hard part of the job and after all the euphoria you know I think got to the Wednesday and thought oh, oh shit I've got to I've got to tell some blokes they yeah. won't be with us next year and, and, and that was hard that was hard to do um, but fortunately they were, they were the right decisions because we, we started the championship season so well and, and managed to stay in our status the year after again being wrote off by everybody well that 2016 I mean basically pre, pre-Toronto to lose was sort of the, the darlings of the RFL and Expected to, to go up and a big hope and yeah to 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 go to, to beat them to promotion uh, yeah fantastic achievement yeah and we've done things just in case we got beat like we were flying home that night you know <laughs> we weren't staying over in France and we were staying we were staying we were flying out so we yeah. went to Gatwick and yeah it was a bit of a party at the um, 
at the airport and on the plane <laughs> and then we had to drive back from Gatwick to to uh, we, our training base at Warrington in Rochdale so you can imagine three four in the morning when the lads are still singing on the front of the bus we, we had a, we'd had enough by then but you know, couldn't take it away from him it was I say and that what came off the back of it um, we had a reception at the town hall and all little things like that no no one picked us t- to lose had a big party planned at their leagues club there was no champagne on, on site for us or anything like that no ribbons so that just shows you no one expected it and say yeah. we go down in history and something I'm very proud of as a coach and, and the staff and the players and the year and we, yeah. we were building to that we had a team meeting the night before and I showed them the there's a, a class of 92 DVD where they yes. beat Bayern Munich and it was just funny how it come because they were two I think they were 1-0 down or 2-0 down they came back and won in the last you know few minutes and it was a comeback and we spoke about that and I got round everyone and said what would it mean to you to win and we went round everyone and the chairman was in there as well and Mark Wynn and he, he was actually in tears uh, so, you know he's, 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 he got into rugby league because of his father his father had passed away and and it was really emotional and um, it couldn't have gone any better you know that meeting I think everyone just realised and you know sometimes you just get a feeling and you know I left that room and thought well, you know we're on here um, next day we did a couple of things differently when you go to Toulouse it's it's like a sauna in the changing room you open the window there's a barbecue outside and you know smoke coming in we'd already been there uh, so we got changed at the hotel in the aircon and we got there really late. We got there just before warm up and I don't know if it put I think them. It was Wigan, done that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it put them off a little up. bit. People yeah. are queuing up and we're rocking yeah. up out the bus in our kit and just little things like that. We got stuck in traffic a little bit and I thought this is going to backfire. <laughs> uh, but just little things, little things like that. Everything went to plan on the day. And like I say, even at 16 0 down, we were a chance and um, like I say, really, really proud of what we achieved there. And, like I say, we, we weren't even uh, tipped to make the playoffs that year and we went up as champions. Yeah, amazing. And the next year, again, you're in the championship. I think it was what, Bradford were... They weren't... Re- no, they were... They were Bradford were in there, they were minus 12. Yeah, yeah, administration. But you're in the championship. Um, there's some big clubs in there. You're probably the lowest budget or yeah, one of the lowest definitely, budgets. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And somehow you managed to avoid <laughs> promotion. And what was the... I mean, take us through the start of that season because you won first three or four or five yeah, I mean we, you, were, you basically started we, like a house on fire we, and you know, stunned everyone yeah I was nervous and, and worried and we had Jewsbury at home week, week one and they're a team you know renowned for just doing enough in the championship they had yeah. some seasoned player sites and tough then, and physical and then they were Wakefield didn't have a game suddenly they had Fafita and uh, Kate and Brown and all these players yeah and look I've used Jewel Reg yep. I needed it but we put a spin on it saying well he can't be confident in his own players and it's got that mindset about us we had a really good pre-season really good and Miles Greenwood as my conditioner uh, we'd recruited players we'd, we'd nearly beaten Warrington we'd beaten Oldham in the Law Cup which was a friendly but it's a bit more on there. they're in the league above yep. we ran Salford close so we'd had a good pre-season you never know how you're going to go You always, everyone always thinks you're going to go you're nervous we come out we've beaten 46 nil. you know we hadn't nilled anyone in yeah. league one even Hevel had scored against us so then everyone was like the week after we went to Bradford uh, again full time team really it, muddy game wasn't it, it well it's snowy yeah. snowy right, yeah. Was, yeah again we were down 12 points at our time came back and beat them week after we played Hull KR who were and they only beat us by eight points so and we were disappointed you know we were disappointed I look back now and I give the lads a spray after the game which is <laughs> you know their full time million budget we're yeah. like 150 grand you know, Lund, you know yeah and then the week after that 
we played Halifax and people think oh he should beat Halifax you know after all that and we got beat and everyone thought, probably thought Bubbles burst and we went to Featherston away in the mud and beat them by two points yeah. the week after so when every time people wrote us off and then, then it sort of hit us week in week out and got injuries and we went ten games without a, a win we got knocked out in the cup at York um, and the, you know the, the, the spirit of the team was still there which was which was the most pleasing thing and we're playing at Blackpool Bash against that Oldham um, and we were you know we were renowned for comebacks the same with Serena I don't know what it is just my teams don't start well but <laughs> we were down by 20 points uh, with 50 minutes to go I think we were down I, yeah something like that uh, could be 32 12 something like that and we just we steamed home and to be down 20 points not won a game you know in 10 to come back and do that was on Sky as well it was brilliant and just give everyone a lift and and then I think we we went lost win lost win and we just did enough then to we sort of limped through the 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 Super 8s we got there and and it was interesting Barrow were a bit the same last year they'd gone really hard and it caught up at the end of the year but they had enough points in the bag and we needed to beat Swinton at home and we did do and like I say we did enough and stayed up and again against all the odds great first two seasons really good really um, like I say successful successful for for Rochdale to compete in the championship at that level you know the year after it's been well documented it was a really tough season last season I mean last year kind of a weird season I mean you come in and you've got probably even more bigger clubs in terms of spend you got Lee Lee Toronto I mean they're probably spending maybe 1.5 million more than you um, you know and then obviously the, the, the change of the structure sort of towards the end which you know changed the boundaries of, of which, re- which helps us but yeah. like you say yeah, yeah you're looking at that um, you know and, and this might sound quite remarkable but we, got, we had a smaller budget in the second season I was going for meetings with with the board and pushing for for more funds, but unfortunately, our biggest gates that year, which at this level, you know, it sounds it sounds strange, professional doing professional sport, was Oldham, Bradford, and Hull KR. Hull KR got promoted, and Oldham and Bradford got relegated. You yeah. know, at our, obviously at our expense. So yeah. I've gone into the board, and they're saying well, we've lost these gates. Toronto and Toulouse are in the league, and we had, we had less money. Um, Toronto and Toulouse. Even though they are big spenders and big profiles, they don't bring they, a lot of away fans they, they compared to Bradford and Hull. No, they don't. Yeah. And, and I think there's another, you know, a couple in there as well, Sheffield and teams like that. So yeah. obviously they're they're working out a budget off the field and have been as successful on the field with Rochdale. There was five CEOs since since I was there. A couple of interims when we went up. Ryan Bradley was really good CEO. He just took a job at Burnley. So when we went up and we should, you know. Have been um, riding on that success, if you like. Uh, we didn't really have anyone in place. Uh, Neil Wood came in, who who's a Rochdale uh, lad, and he he's done loads of work with the RFL. He was good, but probably came in a bit too late. And then CEO came in in January, so things are putting on the back burner. And and, and yeah, the, the budget got caught. And then again in Jan, I lost quite a lot of my better players. We, we, the market was 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 getting blown out because of the structure you were talking about and. The teams that have come up with Barrow and Toronto, who were stronger than Rochdale, and look at the championship this year, York have gone up, Bradford have gone up, yeah. and you know there's teams there that you fear for because when the teams are coming up stronger than you and you're in there, you know it, it is a worry. Uh, and you know, like it was a really difficult campaign, really difficult campaign. You know we ended up with 
uh, a really young squad um, quite a lot of things off the field you know when against so we didn't get our first three games just things like that across the way I lost my captain it's a really bad facial injury uh, he was in hospital uh, in, a, in a coma after, after the league game so there were things that, that went against us uh, Warrington had quite a lot of injuries so dual red so it, it was what's next it was yeah. a day to day thing and and then some of your better players are getting frustrated and leaving as well. I lost, you know, my best centre to, to, to Batley at the start of the year when, when they were asked to take a pay cut. Um, a couple of players retired through injury and things like that. So it was a difficult place uh, to be. And obviously when you're fronting it up after some bad results or you're fronting up every week, you've got to stay positive, keep your staff and players. Yeah. So it, it does have a drain on you and the people around you as well. Um, they say it was, it was tough, but, you know, at 36... Um, it was a good it's a good learning curve for me and it'll it'll stand me well in the future so it was obviously your decision to leave at the end of last year was it part of that was it because you, you felt you know you couldn't take the club any further obviously you, you've been promoted you, you've kept them up two years there's not more money coming in there's probably less you know less um what's the word cattle to work with I mean yeah did, yeah, did you felt you take them as far as you could I think it was mutual you know yeah. I, I was I mean CEO were uh, clashing over a few things and, and, and you know there was talk of a new board and, and things like that and I, I didn't want to be in the same position we were in that year yeah. you, you're recruiting late you end up with it's deja vu was yeah, it? yeah. It, it was and it, it was difficult and just came to that decision that I didn't want another season like like, like we had and uh, it was you know, best for both parties but one thing I did want to do was keep them in the championship and obviously we, we got a, a, a lifeline with the new structure but like I say um to just to stay up and finish 11th yeah. was a massive achievement we won our last two games and um, you know I'm proud to, to to leave them in the championship I was proud to leave them in the championship and what, what, what I guess what does the future hold for you now um, yeah, when it comes to, to coaching and to rugby league I would like to work with full time players I yeah. know you know, I might need to work again at you know, a, a part-time level to get to that, maybe a Super League assistant job or a top-end championship. But, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. I really do like head coaching and I do, you know, I like the championship. Say top league one clubs, top championship clubs is probably where, you know, I, I'm at. Like I say, I, I have had six years head coach experience and, you know, over 12 years experience in the game. You know, say I got injured early and went into coaching, so coached at every level. So I've got quite a lot of experience at a relatively young age for a coach I know I don't look it, <laughs> but I think that is coaching. So let's see what opportunities. Yeah, see what opportunities come up. You know, I need to obviously say dip, dip my toe back in. Whether something comes up in the season or back end of the season, um, like I say, I'm missing it now. That 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 day to day, but it's like I say, the media work. It's good to be involved and um, looking at games from a different perspective and not having that day to day of worrying what your team's going to be what your session's going to be it has been good and it has freshened me up and like I say it was a it was a toxic environment last year at Rochdale it was stressful and it did put a, a strain on me and the people around me so like I say I don't think at the time I thought I needed a break I was ready to jump back in but the break's done me good and um, just waiting for that, that, that next opportunity now I mean there's I think there's six Australian head coaches in Super League at the moment um how hard? I mean, we, we've seen, you know, with the likes of Richard Marshall and others. I think uh, Daryl Powell was the last championship coach to get us Super League club six years ago. How, how difficult is it for, for English coaches to get a chance? It's, it seems to be, you know, you've got you've got no no disrespect to Featherstone, but you've got them appointing an Australian coach from from Canberra. Yeah, there isn't a lot of opportunity out there. Is no, there? there's not. It's difficult and. It's like a trend, isn't it? I think English yeah. coaches were, were, were trendy at the time. 
I was pointing to, you know, Sean Wayne, Lee Ratford's had success at Hull with winning the cup. I know they're under the pump a little bit at the moment, but English coaches have done well, Daryl Powell's done well, and I just think you need that opportunity. Look at someone like Ian Watson today at Salford, yeah. you know, when, when Leeds' job come up or Warrant's job come up, he wasn't spoke about what, you know, what he's doing with Salford on this budget. And, uh, I suppose Ian had to be an assistant coach to be before a head coach and I think that is the pathway now I don't think you'd pick a, a coach out of the championship you mentioned Rich there with, with Richard Warrett and you know, he's done his time but maybe he won't get that opportunity unless he comes up with Halifax which, which, which is a shame and even like Sir John Kay who's at Bradford now and Bradford are a big club uh, you know over his career I'm sure there was opportunities for him where he could have been given a, a Leeds or a Saints if you like but the trend seems to be and then what happens is that you know you'll go and get a whole brook and he'll do really well yeah. <laughs> so that becomes a trend Huddersfield yeah. went and got Simon Wolford last year and he kept them up and they went on a great run and Steve Price is coming at Warriors so yeah. as an Englishman you, you, you're, not, you're not one of the people you never want you know a fellow coach not to do well but it's good when English coaches do do well and, and fly the fly the flag um, I've been over to Australia like I said I've coached over there and what they have is more players to choose from more resources um, sure if you put pitch some English coaches over there w- w- with that you know they do well um, I know Brian Noble we spoke about a, a, a few years ago when he was the top of his game he never he never eventually got over there I know Malcolm really did really well there yeah. w- with the Knights but no one's actually gone over and, and done it the other way um, but if you look at coaches who've coached in Super League Trent Robinson was an unknown for the Roosters and, and yeah. look at him now Michael Maguire so those people have come over here and gone back um, but yeah it would be good for, for those to get a, you know an opportunity or someone like Richard Marshall who's done well if Huddersfield come up why not give him the opportunity he could just do the job that other coaches have done and coaching's more more man management than, than technical technical you know it's not um it's not always about the X's and O's. It's you know it's about the players, the, the day-to-day stuff. You watch the game; most teams play the same and with different tweaks. It's that man management and getting that group to buy in and for you and 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 to you know gel. And you need a little bit of luck along the way as well of injuries and recruitment. Psychology seems to be a big thing for you. Yeah, when, you, when you're coaching style. Yeah, I think when we say when I've, I've always worked with well, the last two teams I've had have been on small, smaller scales and smaller budgets. So you are using that you know that Rocky Balboa, that underdog status and uh, that siege mentality if you like and you know, that can become a drain as well and you need to find other ideas but uh, I do look at other sports I look at other coaches um, you know Mourinho when he was doing well obviously not so much now um, but other coaches and, yeah. and, and, and how, they, how they go and uh, I watch a lot of Premier League you know I, like, I really like Pochettino at Tottenham what he's done there and obviously Guardiola and coaches like that and Klopp's passion you can take things from different sports. American yeah. football, um, obviously the, the Rams got beaten the Super Bowl. They've got a very young coach and, and his attention to detail. So things like that you can pick up from other sports. And I'm always open to going and watch sessions because I do think you can learn things and, and cross things over. So uh, like I say, I mean, as a younger coach, you've always got to be looking for ideas and developing and trying to get your players to buy into that as well. Fantastic, Alan. Thanks a lot for your time. We've got kickoff here quite soon, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, you can download us on iTunes, Spreaker and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Bodyballs2 and on Facebook. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Alan, for, for Thanks for having me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 